You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Friday, 18 November. We get an S&P Sovereign Rating update this evening. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. We're going to be chatting today with Alex Dace. The Life Healthcare Results, we also had a Netcare update. We also had a MediClinic, but MediClinic's delisting, uh, so that's not important, but the market's not liking at all. Uh, Kubis Gürtenbach, CEO of Premier Group, they're going to be listing on 8 December. I want to get a sense of that listing process, but also let's understand a bit more about Premier itself. And then some thoughts from from me on keeping your crypto safe with a hardware wallet. The show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Vice has paid $10 million for its hatchet job on Capitech. Hedge fund Oasis paid them, uh, I think it was 10000 and then 12.5% of profits. And the tribunal has also set aside the FECA fine because of no jurisdiction. Business Day, Investec supercharges its share buyback to 7 billion rand. This after they also announced a record interim dividend at the half year. Morning markets, S- uh, US was red, S&P down 0.3, NASDAQ off 0.2. Asia is green, Sydney up 0.3 and Tokyo up 0.2. Commodities mostly red, gold you're only green, 1,779. Brent 90.39 a barrel, platinum 9.93 and palladium uh, $2,030 an ounce. Rand 17.35, Bitcoin is 16,900. Tencent is green in the Hong Kong lunch break, but trading up 0.2%. And top 40 is looking for a green open, up 180 points. That is a quarter of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Tony now with uh, Alex Dace, uh, Portfolio Manager in Fumbolo Wealth. Alex, appreciate the early morning time. I mentioned there in the intro, we had the, the NetCare trading update. We had the Life Healthcare results. And i got to say, as I was reading them, I mean, it, it, everything was looking great. The commentary was really talking nicely and all sorts of things going in the right direction. And then the income statement and suddenly earnings were actually down. Hey, good morning, Simon. Um, I think we have to roll perhaps about a year ago and, and look at what expectations was then mm-hmm. for life healthcare and they've certainly underperformed materially from then. I mean obviously H one wasn't great and this has had to downgrade expectations and now once again H two was well below expectations. And that's why the stock has been down about twenty eight percent year to date thus far. Um but there are there are some improvements. Uh, you are seeing occupancy picking up quite nicely and obviously volumes improving and there'll be some marginal expansion happening. But I think the recovery post-COVID has been slower than, than most people were participating. There was also some once-off benefits they had in the diagnostics business, probably due to COVID, mm. that obviously didn't repeat itself this period. And you know, costs are also running ahead of uh, revenue, which is causing um, earnings to go backwards. So not a lot to get excited about, but um, surely at some stage in the future, hospital companies will start recovering and it will be worth looking into. But um this particular moment, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Not much to get excited about. Yeah, and I'm not, I, was, I wasn't surprised by the share price movement. Yeah, I agreed on that. And also, I mean, they did, yeah, as you point out, there's some base effect. For example, they had the, the COVID NHS scanning uh, uh, contract. That obviously has come to an end. I mean, is, is NetCare any more attractive? Because you know, with, 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 with uh, MediClinic leaving the market, there's not a, a heck lot on the local boss uh, uh, for, for investors. Yeah, so NetCare's trading update was a little bit more in line with expectations. Um, 
I think the key issue with South African um, healthcare stocks has been acquisitions they've done in the past. So yeah. like healthcare has done a couple of poor deals, which they got rid of, um, you know, ScanMet and Max Healthcare. Even some rumors they might sell diagnostics, who knows, but Net- Netcare of well had a disaster in the UK. So Netcare now is more obviously a clean SA play on it. So I guess it's a bit easier to, to analyze and to understand where they're going to go to. So if you are positive that SA can start you know, making a big recovery in an healthcare space, then that is probably the best play on that. Um, we're not that confident on SA Healthcare, but, um, you know, so Netcare, they've also scored a couple of own goals from a management perspective. So it's, once again, it's it's cheap, cheaper than for the others, but cheaper for a reason. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think you will have to wait to see how they execute um, as to giving them a bit of the doubt and say we're going to back them. Uh, to perform well. Yeah, I, I take your point. Uh, cheap, but cheap for a reason and perhaps rather rather way. A quick last question. Uh, I'm chatting next with uh, the, the CEO of Premier Group. Uh, they, they're they going to be listing at December. Is, is this, I mean, there's a lot of details we need to see, particularly around pricing. They haven't started their road shows yet, but but is this a, a sector that might interest you or is it really going to depend on it's going to be about the price? Yeah, so we are looking into the possibility uh, of participating in an IPO. Um, big component of, of Premier Ford is, of course, mole baking. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a big chunk of the business. More commoditized, you think about bread and, and the likes. So not necessarily strong brand power. I mean, if someone is under pressure financially, they're not necessarily going to, you know, uh, buy a typical branded bread. They might buy mm-hmm. a non-name brand bread. So we're a bit concerned about that. Um, you know, and perhaps the price you want to pay for the business should be a bit more of a discount. Obviously, Tiger Brands is also quite big in, in that component, but Tiger Brands is in a net cash position and it's probably in a better position overall. Um, Premier is going to be quite geared. So there are some risks, um, you know, but um, this has got good growth prospects. Um, but for us, we probably would be a bit more selective on the price. You know, this is coming from a, from a private equity um, mm-hmm. stable. So private equity, people don't usually leave a lot on the table. Um, so you can see this business is geared, the price is high end that you should be looking to pay. So I'll be looking into it. I'm not saying we're not going to buy it, but yeah. more cautious than you'll be. And I, we usually prefer companies to be listed for a period of time um, and assess, see where the market rates it and how they're performing and then you can make, make a better assessment. That's a great point. And also I take your point. Private equity are not going to give you a bargain. That That's not how private equity works. And of course, we did also have the, the Tiger Brands uh, trading update yesterday. Quite a decent update. And, and Tiger Brands actually been uh, doing quite well in the market uh, after what hitting lows early this year at 140. We'll leave it there. Alex Dace, Portfolio Manager from Bolo Wealth. Appreciate the early morning insights. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanyisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Kubis uh, Gopenbach. He's CEO of Premier Group. Uh, they're going to be listing on the JSC shortly. Kubis, appreciate the time today. Uh, let's first look at that listing process. Are you doing a traditional IPO? Is this going to be a, a private placement, a, a book build? 
That is correct, Simon. Yes, uh, we uh, have uh, announced our retention to float on Monday, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to get followed up by a, a roadshow that we will be seeing a lot of the institutional investors in South Africa, which is the large fund managers, you know, the Alan Grays and the Sunlums mm-hmm. and the Old Mutuals of the world. And then uh, the well, once once that is complete, we hope to actually be trading on the JSE on Thursday, the 8th of December. Okay, so it is, it is quite quick. And, and there are going to be there are a number of, of existing shareholders who will, because this is, of course, coming out of, of, of break, a number of shareholders who will remain in, uh, most notably Christo Visa, which I think many folks will obviously know. Is it going, are, you, are you floating a majority or, or are the, the existing shareholders going to be the majority of the business? Well, um, at this point in time, Simon, we're trying to raise uh, about 3.5 billion rand mm-hmm. in total. Um, the uh, Christo Visa um, investment vehicle Titan uh, will be uh, investing 1.4 billion. Gotcha. And so the other 2.2 billion or, or, or so is effectively available to anybody that wants to, uh, to uh, offer or take up the offer for shares in the IPO. Um, and uh, But we, we do believe that a lot of the existing brand uh, shareholders uh, would uh, potentially look to to participate and so to the extent that they do there will be at least some allocation for them gotcha okay and then folks who are interested chat with your stockbroker let's talk to the business a lot of folks might not know premier group but i think they probably know many of your brands what what are some of the the, the major sort of retail consumer brands in the stable well, um, we're actually one of the oldest companies uh, in the country. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's been around for a very long time. In actual fact, we can probably trace our oldest origins back to 1820 to a bakery in oh, Cape wow. Town. <laughs> but um, but uh, we're well known today for uh, bread brands that include uh, Blue Ribbon and uh, BB in the KZN area, as well as Star in the Eastern Cape, um, and then in a few other areas like Umtata and Mr. Bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the uh, cake flower side, we have the snowflake brand Countrywide. Oh, mm-hmm. And then um, on the uh, maize meal side, we do um, Iwisa and Yala in the KZN market. And then Super Sun more in the northern parts of the country. Um, and then there's a few other brands like uh, the Femcare brand, the Let's. Uh, we do Dove Cotton Wool. Um, and then also a couple of sweets brands like Champion Toffees and Manhattan Marshmallows, Gums and Jellies. Okay, Champion's Toffees, best toffees ever, just as an aside. You, you, you've got fairly good market share. I was, I was reading from the announcement that came out from Bread. I mean, in, in Bread, for example, it's it's 24%. In Flour, it's 32 You mentioned uh, Feminine Care, it's, it's 18%. You've, you've got fairly good uh, uh, market share. I'm imagining some of your brands are right up there in terms of being sort of number number one or two in their category? Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, Snowflake is quite an iconic brand in the uh, wheat flower space. Mm-hmm. Um, on, the, on the bread side, because we have multiple brands, um, uh, none of our brands is gotcha. actually the biggest brand in the market, but by volume, we are the largest baker in the country. Um, obviously, we compete against uh, Tiger Brand with Albany and mm-hmm. uh, especially on the uh, Pioneer PepsiCo side with the Sasco brand. I, I was, again, digging in. I mean, you mentioned bread there. I mean, you deliver to 45,000 customers every single day. Th- those, of course, are not the end user. You're, just, you're going to, to supermarkets, to, to cafes and the like. In a sense, a, a large part of your operation must then be logistics. 
It is a very big logistical operation. I mean, we have around about a thousand bread vehicles that are locked and loaded every morning around three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, then at first light uh, set out and uh, then rush off into the market to do all of those deliveries. Um, you know, the average bread truck does around about 100 deliveries. Um, wow. And so it's, uh, it, it's quite an involved uh, logistical operation to do that countrywide. Do you outsource that or is that insourced? Um, Simon, we do a lot of it ourselves, but mm -hmm. we also have a lot of uh, independent uh, distributors, um, hawkers, vendors. Um, we have a in a number of areas, we have very well established owner driver schemes. Um, so it's really a mixed bag of every single model that you can think of. Another mixed bag, perhaps. I mean, your target LSM. You know, some of them obviously I can I can see are aiming at at lower LSM, but some certainly coming in into, into higher LSM. Your flower is is going to be across. I mean, are you more concentrated in a particular uh, LSM market or is it broadly across the, the range? Well, Simon, if one looks at it from a South African perspective, um, the the large part of our proper population is by numbers in the lower end mm -hmm. of the LSM spectrum. And um, that is really where a lot of our products gets consumed. Um, if one looks at the bread market in particular, but it's similar is true for the uh, flour and the maize side of the business as well, we do approximately 70% of our volume into the informal trade. Okay. So, um, so it's a very, very large proportion going directly or, or very close to the uh, lower LSM in consumers. You mentioned a number of the regions uh, internally to South Africa that you're operating in. Do you have any, any operations beyond our borders? Yes, uh, we've got uh, a milling and baking operation in Eswatini, uh, mm -hmm. bakery operation in Lesotho. Um, we've got uh, one of the largest food producers in, in Mozambique, uh, located in Matola. And then we also do um, our Femcare products globally through uh, operation in the UK. Oh, okay, as, as far as, as, as the UK as well. Mm. Bringing back to, 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 to sort of, I suppose, some of the fundamentals, is there, has, has the board sort of sat and given thought to a, to a dividend policy uh, on, on, in terms of earnings going forward? Yes, we've, uh, we've stated in our uh, pre-listing statement that will be going out next week that we're targeting sort of between a 30 and a 60% payout ratio. Mm -hmm. um, we'll probably start towards the uh, lower end of that initially and then work ourselves up as, uh, as things progress. Uh, some question, it, 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 obviously we've seen, I mean, particularly in, in, in raw commodities, we've seen massive price pressures. Are you seeing uh, in, in, in sort of wheat, maize, price pressures coming through? Are you able to pass that on to your your customers? Yes, Simon, I think we've um, certainly in my tenure with uh, in oh, more than a decade at Premier, I've never experienced inflationary pressures at this level. Um, you know, we've seen a massive run up in global grain prices, uh, along with oil and fuel and other other commodities as well. And uh, we've certainly not been spared. Um, you know, our uh, margins are quite thin. Uh, mm -hmm. We've run very efficient operations. And uh, we've been forced in the last uh, year and a half to take quite a significant number of price increases as we try to uh, protect our business and our margins. And so uh, I think it has been a very difficult environment, especially for the more vulnerable uh, yeah. consumers in our society that has really seen a big increase in their cost of living. Yeah, and I take your point. And, and, and it, it's across the board. I mean, it's not just you. It's going to be the competitors. It's going to be other, other consumer goods at the same time. We'll leave it there. Uh, that's uh, Kubus Gartenbach, CEO of Premier Group. You're interested? Chat your stockbroker. IPO will be coming your way soon. Kubus, appreciate the time.
That's the, the question on our, on our Twitter and LinkedIn poll today. Are you going to be playing for that IPO? Uh, Alex made a really great point that it's coming out of private equity. They, they don't leave a lot of uh, uh, fat on, on the table. And there's still some numbers that we need to perhaps see before we get a true sense of it. But have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. The news coming out of the FTX bankruptcy is is just absolutely wild. I mean, you can go read up on that. But it, it's eroding trust in crypto. Now, I understand that crypto is supposed to be a trustless system. That's what the blockchain is for. But some folks are certainly going to be scratching their head and saying, hang on a second. And I know that a lot of folks will say, oh, how is it different from banking? Well, it's different from banking in that banks are highly regulated. Uh, and when banks hit the wall, you know, in, in the U.S. is deposit insurance. We're looking at deposit insurance in South Africa. The Reserve Bank has stepped in on the last couple of banks, most recently VBS, uh, and and guaranteed some of those deposits. You don't get any of that with crypto. And yes, uh, the FECA is moving ahead. Uh, The exchanges will be registering as financial services providers. But the question always comes is, how can you be sure that your exchange is safe? I mean, FTX was everywhere, right? They're on Lewis Hamilton's F1 car. um, And now if you had coins with them, they're just gone. So, yeah, is your exchange safe? Short answer, it's, it's practically impossible to tell. And and I know, and and we chat with the local exchanges, and they do a lot to predicate it. They, they, they uh, do audits of the coins to make sure they're actually holding them. The short answer is don't keep your... <clears throat> Don't keep your coins on exchange, uh, unless you're trading. If you're trading, then you need some coins on exchange, and then quite simply, you need to sweep those profits every single evening. It's a drag, but keep it safe. If you're not trading, uh, just don't keep the coins on, 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 on exchange. Use a hardware wallet. You can do a software wallet, and don't like that. There, there are more risks to it. To me, a hardware wallet. I use the Ledger Nano S, uh, and there's now a Nano S+. Plus. There are lots of them out there. They will store your, 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 your Bitcoins, your, all your other coins, and that means they're completely off the chain and therefore you know, the risk is, is that someone breaks into your house and steals your hardware wallet. And really, that is not the risk you have to worry about. If you're using coins for staking and for reward and earning interest and the like, uh, nice, but again, understand the risk. We're trying to chat with Luna. Remember, they've got that uh, interest component on their, on their site. The problem is uh, they use Genesis and Genesis has uh, temporarily halted withdrawals. It gets messy. So short answer, keep it in a hardware wallet. That's it for the for today. Uh, on our poll yesterday, we'd been chatting around those spa results, and and I mean the stock was under huge pressure on the day, uh, and and no better yesterday either. Uh, and it really is. I mean, their the dividends been coming under pressure, and they have absolutely warned us about that. But uh, nonetheless, the market did not like, uh, and that uh, you know compared to a recent Shoprite update that was hugely strong, and even a, a Willys update that was really really strong. So we asked you on our poll, what was your 
preferred retailer. Ha- over half of you said ShopRite. And, and, and look, that is always my preferred. has been for, what, 20-odd years. Uh, quarter of you were liking Woolies. Uh, pick and pay at around 10%. Spa really trailing at the end. Uh, not a, love, a lot of love there coming through for Spa. Have your vote. Have your say. Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to the team, Eddie Nobokle, Eleanor, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again Monday. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.